0: Have you ever needed God to do it again for you, and he did it again? Huh? Amen. I know I have. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God is so good. God, we just love you today, and we just thank you, God. We just ask for your blessings upon the service today. We ask for our Holy Spirit to to, to just to, to give us wisdom. God, we just ask for your glory to show up and minister to us and through us. And God, we just ask, God, that you just change lives forever today. That you you help us understand more about your presence, about your glory, Father Lord Jesus, and your anointing. And we just ask for your blessings upon today, and we trust you, and we just just honor you today, sir. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Today, there's no back doors to the throne room. No back doors to the throne room. I love that. I like that little guy out there running that when <laughs> he's trying to run out the door. So the thing is, but if you're, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, I'm not one, I like to go ahead and talk to people about stuff. I'm, I'm one, even Bill mentioned to me, he said, I like how when you preach, he said, you don't spend a whole long time to get to one point. You just go ahead and, and just tell us, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not one, you know, T.D. Jakes is a great orator and he, he'll speak for an hour and a half to tell you one point, you know, and I love him, but I just can't do that. So I'm going to tell you, there's no shortcuts. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and go ahead. And I'll give you that. Right there's no shortcuts to the presence of God. There's a process that you go, in. there's a process in, in back in, in the day that they would go through the holies of holies, and there's a process today that we go. What I mean by yeah, but Pastor, no, we all have no, we all have access. Yes. But nobody just says, okay, God, I just want you to just throw your glory down on me right now if you don't mind. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You just can't just demand it. It's not, it's not a thing that you demand. It's a process of things that you, that you do. And we're going to talk about some of that today. We're going to talk about what it is. And then we're going to talk about, um, also, we're going to talk about um, what happens when you, when you are in the glory of God. And then we're talking about what happens when you leave the glory of God, all right? And so it's going to be a, a good opportunity today. We're going to, I'm going to do a lot of teaching today as well. So it will help you in that aspect. But there's no new method to the presence of God. We have access, you know, but, but, but we, don't, we don't have, uh, it's not an own, on-demand thing. He moves on our behalf, and, and I'm not talking about, you know, God moves in our services a lot of times, but I'm not talking about a, a casual conversation that you have with God. I'm not talking about a time that you just pray and you feel His presence. I'm not talking about that presence. I'm talking about the glory. I'm talking about the glory of God. Where his full presence comes down and minister to you or to a congregation or to a group or in, to an individual, okay? Um, it takes commitment, desire, passion, prayer, consistency, and hunger. You know, blessings flow easily, you know, but God's glory is very more sparingly given. You know, he, he, he very rarely in, in the Word of God you, that you see that people just walk around in, in God's glory, right? Um, and we're going to talk about that today. There's, a, there's 131 um, re- references to the anointed, the anointing, anoint in the Old Testament. Okay, there's 131 references to that and only 18 in the New Testament. In the New Testament, most of the time it was talking about God, Jesus, his anointing, that he's the anointed, you know, and how he anointed others and how he, he, how he was anointed at the grave and whenever he was buried and all this kind of stuff. Um, sometimes it's for the, it's the empowerment, empowerment of humans. That you know, The anointing talked about how God put an empowerment on humans, you know, and they, they were anointed to do things you know, um, supernaturally. Sometimes it was God's seal of approval. He talked about the anointed being on somebody, being God's seal of approval on their life, that he anointed them and set them apart to be approved unto him. Um, sometimes it, it was a, a release of God's healing and deliverance, you know, for, to give glory to God. Sometimes he would anoint someone to be a vessel, um, so that, 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 that they could be a vessel and he could flow his anointing and through them and, the, and healing and deliverance would take place. Okay? We have had a lot of that here. God's anointing is here every single week. You know, God, every single week God's anointing is here for us. He, and I pray and believe that his anointing is on me every week because if his anointing is not on me at any point in time, I can go ahead and tell you that I'm, I'm going to go sit down. Because if I don't feel His anointing up here, and I feel like I'm all alone, and I'm, I'm without the Spirit of God upon my life, I can't give you anything. I can only give you what God gives me when He flows through me and anoints my life to preach the gospel. You know, once in a while, it was God's way of setting people apart um, unto righteousness and separating them from, from other people. And then in, first, in the book of First John, it was a gift. It was a gift that, it, that it, the Bible says in First John that we all have a certain amount of anointing, and it says that it, it brings a new level of revelation to us And it, it teaches us all things So there's different ways in, in, in the New Testament Of talking about the anointing In the Old Testament The anointing was basically to set people or things apart To be acceptable unto God So I want to talk to you just a moment About, about Esther And, the book, and, and book, the book of Esther chapter 2 Where Esther um, the, the king his, his queen Vashti Was fed up with the king she was fed up. She's like, I'm done with you. Because what happened was he wanted, to, he wanted her to come come out because she was very beautiful. So he wanted her to come out in front of his drunk friends and do a little dance, a little show off. And she's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm done with that. know. I'm not going to go out there and dance for your drunk friends for them to gawk at me and look at me. So she, she, she was done. And so he looked all over the, all over the kingdom for a, a queen. And a Jewish maiden named Esther um, was one of the candidates. And she had, a, she, God had called her because she was trying to change the nation and change the way people looked at Jewish people and change all this kind of stuff. So she had a reason for being there. But the thing is, is she spent one whole year preparing for one night with the king. Okay? And there's a book and there's a movie out called um, One Night with the King. It's a beautiful book and it's an exceptional movie. You need to look at it. It's really good about Queen Esther. She, she's wonderful. Um, but she spent a whole year just for this one night. Now, the problem is, there's multiple women that tried out for this job, this, this competition, whatever, you know, Miss Queen USA, I don't know. So, but they said they went, they went there, and the thing is, most of the women would see him, present themselves before him, and then leave and never see him again. Only one queen would be able to stay. There with the king. You know, most times when, whenever you get ready for a date, men get ready in about 30 minutes, you know, for a date. I'm going to go on a date tonight. I'm going to look good, so I'm going to take about 30 minutes, right? Because in the morning time, you take about five, right, <laughs> right Rayford? Um, so, but, but but a woman, a woman will take maybe a couple hours or maybe even a half a day sometimes. If it's a prom, she might take a whole day or a wedding a whole day preparing for that night, right? Um, but but here, here's the thing. But uh, Queen Esther... She spent six months soaking in myrrh. Six months she soaked in myrrh, and uh, six more months she soaked in other sweet, odored oils. So for for a year, she bathed. She soaked. You know how if I could take some peppermint right now and put it behind my ears and stuff, like, you know, right here, y'all would eventually smell it, wouldn't you? Because you know it's, it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty strong. You know, um, and, and you walk past per- people with, with, with cologne or perfume on, they're like, oh, that smells good, right? But you just put it on a couple hours ago. But how about if you soaked in myrrh? You took a bath in myrrh and beautiful rose oil and all the different oils that there are and trying to purify your skin and get all the toxins out. Man, her skin was beautiful. Her skin was so lovely, you know, and, and she did all this stuff just so maybe she could have a moment with the king. You know, the, the worship team, whenever they come up here, they just didn't come up here and just start singing. They have spent time bathing in God's presence before they even got here. That's why they're so good. They come here on, on Tuesday nights and spend anywhere from an from hour and a half to three hours out here on Tuesday nights. And then on Sunday morning, they're here most of the time at 8 o'clock or 8.30, an hour and a half or so before y'all even get here do, practicing even more. And then outside of that, they have their own time where they're studying that song and work and singing that song and preparing that song. So when they come before the king, I, I hate to tell you, but they're not performing for y'all. When they come up here, they, they, are, they, are, they are singing to an audience of one. And so should you. Any, any worship team that comes up and, and, and is showing off, I don't, I don't care to see them. I don't care to see that. I want some worshipers. Now, I know in my, my off time, I love acapella stuff, and a group comes up. And I've had groups come to churches, and it was beautiful. You hear the acapella. But I'm not interested. I can hear that riding down the road. When I come to church, I want worship. I want adoration to the king. I want to magnify his name. And when they, that's what they're doing. And so it's the same way with God. But can you, can you imagine what she smelled like? You know, can you imagine that after bathing in oils for a year, how beautiful she smelled? You know, and she, and she walked around during that year, and I bet you anything some of the other guys walked around her and said, Mmm, girl, you smell good. You know what I'm saying? You know, some other guys probably walked up to her and said, Hey, are you interested in me? Are you interested in what I can give you? Are you interested in, 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 in being my wife? I will give you this, and I will give you that. And I will, you know, but you know what, what the thing was? She turned every one of them down. Not one time did she blink her eye, because she was focused on the night with the king. We, as Christians, are so distracted. We have our worship on. We, get our, we start smelling good because we're getting worshiping God, and then all of a sudden the devil comes up. And other gods in our life start offering us, "Hey, you smell good. Why don't you come over here? Look what I can give you. Look what I can do for you. Look what I look. Look what I can do. You could be a part of." And they're trying our best to pull us away from our time with the King. The enemy's trying so hard every day to get you and say, "Oh, you look good. You smell. You know what? You need to come be over here with me. I got something for you. You know." And the thing is, is, is that happens. And but but when she stood before the King, you know, she she. Uh, she did it for a whole year. She got there. She got before the king. And the scripture says that she found favor and grace in the sight of the king. And she, he placed a crown um, on her head and made her queen. Esther found the approval of the king. In many churches today, we have the anointing in our life. And we, we have the anointing that God comes. And the anointing smells good in the spirit. And not, you can't physically smell it. God can because it says that he, our, our worship is a fragrant um, incense to him. So he can smell it, but we can't. But when we come to God, so many times pastors, teachers, preachers, people in the congregation, they will use their anointing to attract other people. I'm anointed. They they, they kind of they use their anointing on their life. Hey, you come to me, I can heal you. You come to come to our church. This is this and that and the other. And because they use it as a flex, and, and you don't, if you don't know what a flex is, is is it's a, it's a new generational term. The teenagers and young adults and they use it, and it's talking really about flexing. In other words, just showing off. You know, bam, look at me. So we use our anointing. We use our anointing to try to attract and, and impress other people. Oh, I'm an anointed man of God. You need to come hear me speak. I'm anointed man of God. I can lay hands on you, brother. You can get healed. I'm anointed woman of God. And if you come listen to me speak, yeah, I'm an anointed woman of God. And if I sit by you, you're going to feel the presence of God. I spent all week long in the presence of God. And if you are near me, you're going to feel the Shekinah glory. Right? You know, we do, right? Have you ever met anybody like that, that? They wanted to tell you how anointed they were? I've heard preachers get up and tell me how anointed they were. I was like, I just want to get up and leave right now. Because if you are, you, you, you know, if you're, you, because I would rather, I would rather have his presence than his presence. I'd rather have his presence, p r e s e n c e, rather than his presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, Okay. But see, but we, we are so, so more concerned about the approval of others and what others think about our spiritual walk and how we, we, we want so bad for someone to tell us that we're anointed. You're so anointed. You are so, we, we, we thrive off that. We feed off of that rather than feeding off the fact that God, the almighty creator of the universe, has anointed us. Why is that not enough? That God comes on us and God anoints us for, for His work and we use his work, we use it, and we get prideful, and we want other people to tell us how anointed we are. We're looking for other people's approval rather than God's. And it's just, it's just crazy how that happens. The, the anointing is only, is, will only be temporary in your life when you get to the place where you let it, it, it root you in pride, and you, pride comes up. One reason why God's presence is not around because we give performances rather than worship. And we try to perform it. you ever heard somebody in a congregation and they sing and you go to, especially at a funeral, it's the worst at the funeral because they're not on the stage. But you go to a funeral and everybody's, everybody's singing a hymn or something together and you hear this one person, Amen! and they just start screaming out, you know, and they got this vibrato. You know, they're just trying their best to show everybody that I'm a great singer. I'm like, dude, there's someone out there that's dead. And you're sitting here trying to bring glory to yourself rather than moment where, where this is a, a unified thing. This is not, not about you. And if you look around this world, so many people, they want it to be about them, and they want to tell you about all those accolades. I even hate it when someone says, hey, we want you to come and speak. Can you give us one of your pro- a profile of who you are? I mean, I'm so uncomfortable. I don't. I don't like that. I don't like to, you know, pass appreciation. They drives me crazy because most of the time I cry because I'm so uncomfortable. You know, but, but we, get before, we get before people and all of a sudden we want to get puffed up. The difference between God's anointing and God's glory is different. His anointing, okay, and his glory. What's the difference? Okay, Moses knew what the difference was because Moses walked around and did all kind of miracles. Mo, the anointing was on Moses' life and he took a staff and he would hit a rock and water would come out. He would take that staff and hold it up, and it split the Red Sea. Dude, that is amazing. Man, to have that kind of anointing on your life, to be able to split a Red Sea. But even Moses knew that was nothing. Because what did he say in Exodus 33:18? 18? And he said, please, show me your glory. That was good. That was wonderful. That was a good thing I did. I set, I set your people free. We walked across. You did all kind of signs and wonders. But that's nothing compared to your glory of being in my life. Scripture says that, that Moses was the most humble man at that time. That he was one of the most humble men at that, during that whole, his whole season here on earth. I kind of feel like Moses myself. I'm excited. We've had people down here that has got saved. And that's wonderful, man. You, you, you can't get any better than salvation. You know, as far, far as something else happened in somebody else. But to me, that was great that God used me to do that. But the greatest thing that's ever happened is when God's presence has settled down on my life. And He has touched me and His glory has come down. And He has made me, to, get, got me to the place where I felt, woe is me. Woe is me. It, because here's, here's the thing. When, whenever, whenever God's Spirit comes down, either your flesh is going to glory... Or he, or, or he is going to glory. Okay? Either, you can't have both. Either God's going to be glorified or you're going to be glorified. You cannot have, have them both. Either your flesh will get glory or God will get glory. Luke chapter, 29 and 20, chapter 9 and 23 says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That denying itself, taking up the cross, that's talking about crucifying your flesh. That's talking about dying to yourself. That's talking about being humble. Take up your cross. Realize it's heavy. The cross is heavy. It's not about you. It's about him. And he's already survived the cross. It's self-denial of the flesh. God uses the anointing to train us and prepare us by having the anointing in our lives for his glory. The anointing of God is just a touch of his glory. The anointing is electrocute. A little, a little spark. You know little sparklers you have at Christmas? I mean, uh, uh, you know, that's, okay. The anointing is a little spark on your life. The glory of God is a lightning. It's just like a little spark over here. He uses you as just a little touch. You know, but you can contain it. You can move it. But when you get into the glory of God, it's like a lightning bolt. It, it'll either change you or kill you. It's just so powerful, you know what I'm saying? It'll just, well, that's why whenever you get in the glory of God, what happens? Nobody's, nobody has their head up like this right here, like, look at me. Everybody, in the glory of God, their face is either pointed down or they're on the floor. In humility, right? When the anointing comes and rests on our flesh, it gives us supernatural power. But, 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 but when, and to move in that anointing to do the miraculous, but God's glory is different. 1 Corinthians 1 and 29 it says that no flesh should glory in his presence, Paul said. Paul knew. Paul, Paul was the, the guru of the New Testament. He was the man of the New Testament. And he said, listen here, I don't, I, I, as amazing as I am, you know, you know, I don't even glory. I don't even want to glory in his presence. No, no flesh can glorify in his presence, not even me. In the presence of God's glory, our flesh can do nothing. When you're truly in God's power and, and, and His anointing, His glory comes down in the, in the room, you, there's nothing that your flesh can do. Your flesh has zero ability in the glory of God. It's all about Him and what He is doing. The, you know, um, we need God's anointing. But when the glory shows up, it, okay, whenever you have, a, when you have the anointing on, on your life and there's an anointed pastor, anointed people, that changes us and that changes our church but when god's glory starts to come in and it's not about the pastor or the people all of a sudden it starts changing a city okay so you're saying why, pastor why are you talking about the glory so much lately because i want a city to be changed i want them to realize it's not about me my ability it's not about our church it's about him and when we get that in our mind, mindset, and the glory starts coming because the anointing things will happen. People have been saved, been healed, people have been set free from anxiety, there's been all kind of healing from cancer, all kinds of stuff has been happening here. And that's wonderful. And we need to go out and talk about those things. That helps as well to, grow, to, to change the city. But when the glory of God comes in, down, everybody in the room is changed, and everybody goes out and starts telling everybody, man... I can't even explain it. I can't even tell you what happened today. And it's not just a church. I can't tell you what happened in my prayer closet today. I was in my prayer closet today, and God's glory just came down and settled upon me. This is just not just a church thing. This is even a private thing, that God's glory. Okay, but Pastor Doug, this is kind of weird. I don't want to say what you, this, this glory coming down. Listen, my goal today is to make you hungry for more of God. You may say, I don't know about that glory yet. I'm not to that, point, okay. Then, if you leave today saying, God, I'm not ready for that your glory to fall down upon me yet and, and to change my life and to get me on my face, you know, to where I'm just undone without you, then maybe today you'll say, But God, I, I do want more of you. I want more of you. I want more of your spirit. I want to spend more time in your presence and less time in working in my flesh. See, because Esther had only eyes for the king, she stood before the king and right in front of Esther's main arch enemy, the king looked at her and said, hey, what do you want? Anything up to half of the, of the, of the whole entire kingdom. God's glory. Because she took time and she prepared for that night with the king. How, all, how much time do we take to prepare for the king? Well, what do you mean, Pastor Doug? Well, here on Sunday mornings, that's why most, most churches start at 10 and you don't have all your congregation until about 10.30. Okay, now, I, but I, please don't, don't, get, don't nitpick me. I'm not talking, I know people got kids. I know people get behind. They have a water main, but all kind of stuff happens. Okay, so I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about in general. All churches. People come in around the middle of worship time or even right before the pastor preaches to just to hear it. But the thing is, is the Bible says to, to enter into his courts with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And be thankful and bless His name. There's a process there. We have designed this service for you to come and to have a greeting, to be welcomed, to do this right here, to enter with, with praise, magnifying, you know, th- God, I'm thankful for who you are, you know, for, for, for you, and I'm thankful for what you've done for me. There's this worship time where we're magnifying your name during the praise section, the first two songs. We're praising you, we're praising you for all that you've done for us. And then the second two songs, or God, now God, I'm thankful for who you are, and I want to enter into your presence. And so the presence of God settles upon you. There's a process. Every song is is designed to lead you through the process of crucifying our flesh and entering into the presence of God so when you come in after the second song or the third song or even right before I preach which we don't ever have that issue but the thing is is you've missed part of the process and now now God is ready to bless and you're behind and you're trying to catch up well man look at how come they're already getting blessed because they've already been here through the whole process not only did they get here at the beginning of the process, before they got here, entering into his gates with thanksgiving, whenever they, they entered out their door into the world, they went ahead began right then and began to magnify God and say, God, I'm going to church. I'm going to get my praise on. I'm going to get blessed. I'm going to give you cast all my cares upon you. I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to magnify your name. I'm going to worship you, God. I can't wait to get to church to see your people, to see my friends, to see my fellow congregants. God, and I'm just going to bless you, God. I can't wait to get in your presence, God. I've spent all morning long, and since I woke up, just thinking about you. We we don't typically do that. That's why when we come to church, we have uh -uh, services sometimes. Not just all churches. Because we aren't prepared for it, you come to church and try to prepare. What? What if on Sunday mornings the worship team came up here and started at the very beginning of service trying to prepare for you? You would sound horrible, wouldn't it? I mean, we got some amazing talent in our worship team and, and band, you know. But still, they're not that good to just be able to walk up here and just try to start singing a new song, singing a new song, right? Okay. But I will say this to you even though they spend all that time and they worship and they're praying and they're seeking God all week long and they're coming here and practicing and practicing what makes it real the difference between a a, a worship team that sings really well and a a worship team that comes up and sings and the spirit moves and falls in in a house is authenticity and realness what do you mean? okay you know, you've seen Takiya. Takiya has come, and she sang up here several times from her heart. She gets a song, and she don't even need to, I could call her right now from back there and say, sing me a song to God. And she'll just start making up a song to God, and she'll start singing it all of her heart. It's off key. doesn't make sense sometimes. But the words she's praying to God are authentic from her heart. And that's why every one of you are moved. Not because it was pretty. Not because she was, was, was talented. It's because it was true from her heart and she was really saying, God, I love you. I praise you. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for being there with nobody else. It's just from her heart. God honors that. And so when you come to church and you're worshiping God, don't, don't try to give that perfected praise. Just sing from His heart. Don't worry about a beautiful prayer. Don't worry about beautiful music. You know, don't worry about what it sounds like. You just magnify God with your heartfelt worship. And that's all that God wants. And God will move on that. And God will move on other people because of that. But it has to be a priority to us. On Sundays, we got to get up. We, 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 matter of fact, on Monday... Matter of fact, let's back all the way up to when you leave this house, you need to start preparing for next week. And it's not, because it's not just a get up on Sunday morning. I mean, that's really important. But we need to go ahead and start preparing the whole week, especially on Friday afternoon, on Saturday morning. Man, church is coming. Um, because of how important, is it so important? Is church on Sunday morning, the getting in the presence of God, so important to you that you think about it during the week? Okay? Do you think about it? Hey, I'm gonna have prayer time this afternoon at four o'clock, man. I just can't wait. You know, most of the time we're like, I can't my stomach's growing, I can't wait till lunchtime, you know. But but do we ever think about, man, I got a time set up aside with God today about four o'clock or eight o'clock tonight, or, or before I go to bed, I'm gonna spend some time with God. Do, do we even think about that? That's why the God's glory doesn't fall on us. That's why we just get blessed and we get anointed because of the fact that that, that we we are not all in like like Queen Esther was. Man, she was all in in 100% for a year. Amen. And we're not all in. We're just weekend warriors. That's all we are. But to enter to the holies of holies, here's a process back in the day. And I could spend a, a week on each one of these things. But I'm just going to really quickly go through. I could have had pictures up here for you. But, I did, but it wasn't what I was about today. I started to get all kind of beautiful pictures of each. But anyway, the first thing, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Psalms 104. So the first thing that they did, the gates, they would come into the gates of Jerusalem. Okay? You know, nothing warms a heart. Of a uh, of, of a king more than honest heartfelt worship as David did even the sojourners um, as they traveled to Jerusalem to go to the holies of holies what they would do was they would begin to sing from Psalms 121 to Psalms 149 the the prayer the Psalms of the ascents as they ascended up to up to the up to the mountain to, to of the, to, to Jerusalem they would sing all these songs preparing their hearts for worship. Okay, and then when you would get into into the courtyard, there would be a big old huge um, uh, square, and it would have horns on the side, and it was an altar of sacrifice. This is where you ever you ever heard the terms "hold on to the horns of the altar." That's what that's talking about. That's the horns out there of the altar there. Okay, and so so this was a place where sanctification process would happen. They would go out there. They would. Take a, a bull or lamb, whatever they would have, and they would they would burn this bull and let the blood be the sacrifice. It was a sanctification process that we have, okay. And then they would go right 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 before you get into the first holies, they would have a, a bronze laver, and this is where they would purify themselves. They would wash their hands and wash themselves and purify themselves to be a pure vessel to carry the presence of God when they got inside. And it was a bronze laver, big huge bronze laver like that right there. And there would be water in there, and they would use it to purify themselves and prepare preparation to enter to be into the holies of holies the table of the showbread you walk in you walk into the 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 the, the, um the holy place okay you have the outer court the the kind of the inner court and then you have the holy place and then you have the holies of holies okay so the holy place you had the table of the showbread and the menorah and when you walked in, you passed between on each side. There was, on one side was a menorah, on the other side was the sh- table of showbread. And, and, and the table of the, sh- of the showbread was a stack of bread like that, okay? And it was a symbol of the bread of life Jesus being the bread of life and the unity between God and flesh, okay? And which also refers to, uh, I've read, that, uh, the, of, apostle, the, the office of the apostle. And all that was on your right because that's the strong side. Your, your right is your strong side. Sorry, this mother left. And military man, my my, my company commander, I would do stuff. He would say, You know, company left. And I would go right. And he was like, Your other left, son, your other left. (laughs) Okay. But so you would be there. And so then you have that on the right side. And then you have. The, 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 the menorah, you know, that's like the Jewish menorah that has seven candles, you know, six on each side and then one in the center. And that was a symbol of the Holy Spirit and the office of the prophet. And it was, and it was uh, uh, symbolizing the light of, of God. And, and this, is where you, this is where you stop and ask for the Holy Spirit to invade, the Holy Spirit to, to feel and to surround and to reveal truth to you, and, you know, and, to, and for the light to illuminate your spiritual eyes and ears to be able to see and hear. And so it was a powerful moment. And then you would go to the altar of incense which is right at the gate, right, at the, 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 right there before you get to the, the veil. It was altar of incense. And now you're at a position to address into the holies of holies, to, to hear from the king. In Psalms 141 and 2, Let my prayer be set before you as an incense, the lifting up of my hands even in evening sacrifice. This is where we, we, we get there, and this is a, the prayer um, right before you enter into the Holies of Holies. And then you would go into the Holies of Holies um, through the veil, and it's a, little, it's a, it's a cube, a, it's a square cube, 15 feet by 15 feet. So, I mean, it's not much bigger than, than, than from this wall to the corner of the, the, uh, the altar there, and then about from where, where you're at over there, Nick, probably to, to, to right there. It's just a little small area where the, the Ark of the Covenant dwelled, okay? And this is probably the most most difficult time with people because when you go in there, you, you know, you it's not you just go and all of a sudden you're just slain in the spirit. You go there and it's time where and there's, sometimes when you go into when God's glory comes not a lot happens at first sometimes because what's happening, God, God is touching you and He. We want this instant gratification, but God is is working in our brains and our neurons and He's preparing our bodies to receive from Him. And we, here, here is where we wait upon the Lord. Psalms 46 and 10 says, Be still and know that I am God and be exalted into the nations and I will exalt you in the earth. So that's, that's what we got to do is we got we to get down before God and, and wait. Those who wait upon the Lord, he will renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as we eagles and run and not be weary and walk and not faint. And that's what we got to do. When we get into God's glory, sometimes you just got to wait on him and say, you're praying, you're seeking God, you're asking, you're right there. So then you, just, you begin to wait and say, God, send me your glory. And we got to understand that, that we can't give up during that time. So, so what happens when you're in the presence of God? Well, let's read Psalms 16, okay? And I think you're going to have that up there. Um... Okay, I'm going to read one scripture at a time. Keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. So the first thing you'll find when you're in the presence of God is safety. You'll have safe, There's safety there. When you're in the presence with the glory of God's on you and you're in the presence of God like that, there's safety. Nothing can harm you. you are, there's nobody and there's nothing that can touch you in his presence. Number two, I have said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. In his presence, only good things come. There's nothing bad going to come to you when you're in his presence. Only good things. You will hear, you'll see, you'll feel only good things. Um, number three, the godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. Okay, Psalms 122 and 1 says, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. But so, in the presence of, in the presence of God, there is joy. There's joy for you. And there's joy for other people. They, 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 were, they were excited and joyful to be able to go to the house of God, to be in God's presence with other people. Okay, number four. Troubles multiply for those who chase after other gods. I, will, I love this. Paul, Paul, I mean, um, David said, I will not take part in their sacrifices of blood and even, or even speak of the names of their God. So whenever you go into the presence of God, trouble for those run away from, uh, those who run away from the presence of God um there's trouble for instance jonah you get into the presence of god don't run away from it because what happened with, with jonah jonah was supposed to go to nineveh right to tell the people to, to change where did he go tarshish okay if you look up what the greek for tarshish is it means away from the presence of god god's presence was there waiting for him at nineveh and he went away from the presence of god and what happened he got eaten by Again, we, you know, last week, we were allowed, two weeks ago, we realized that it wasn't an apple. It was, a, you know, a fruit, you know, maybe a fig even. Um, but this week, you're we going to understand that, that, that when he ran away, it was a great fish. He didn't say it was a whale. It says it was a great fish, right? But we know here recently a man's story saying that he got swallowed by a whale, you know. I was like, look at God, just for proving that it could happen, you know. And so that was amazing, but but so he ran. A, so when you when God's glories come, the one thing that we don't need to do is run for the presence of God, because when we do, there's trouble, right? You may not be eaten eaten by a fish, but you're gonna have trouble in your life when God's when God's chasing you and He's trying to put His glory on you and He's trying to get you to fall in His presence, and you run away from that, then there's gonna be trouble waiting ahead of you. And number five, Lord, you are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. Is that not beautiful? You guard all that is mine. So, so the, and the next thing is, is there is security in that thing. You're secure in the arms of God. He is our blessing, and you are so secure in his presence. The enemy cannot touch you. When you are in the presence of God, the enemy cannot touch you at all. He can't even get to you. Okay, number, number six. Holy Spirit will be there with you um, and go with you. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me even at night, my heart instructs. So in the, in the presence, when you're in the presence of God, Holy Spirit, part of the Trinity, there are all three there. When you're in the presence of God, you've got, got a Father, God, got a Son, and Holy Spirit, because they're all three one, right? Holy Spirit will be there to guide you, to lead you, to, to speak some wisdom into you as well, and to help you through that process. So you can walk in the Spirit even when you leave the church. You know, you can walk in the Spirit. The Bible talks about walking in the Spirit, not the flesh. We can leave church and leave your prayer closet walking in the Spirit of God. Now, it may not be where you're, you're buckling and you're undone, but you can walk in the Spirit. You, there's, a, there's a place where you can do Now, I know we, because we're flesh, we're not going to always do that. You know, but the, place, the time that it should happen is right after we get up from prayer, right after we leave church. When you leave church, there shouldn't be a, a, an argument in the car okay seriously because when you're in the presence of god and it flows your flesh has nothing you know what i'm saying so we should be able to walk out of here and go go eat dinner and not yell at at the waitress because we should be in the presence of god still it should be flowing through us you know when we get up from our prayer time we pray you know we should have that in our lives right number seven i know the lord is always with me i will not be shaken for he is right beside me He will give you, when you're in your presence, God, He will give you strength for wherever you go. He will give you strength for wherever you go. Um, Number eight, um, no wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety, for you um, will not leave my soul among the dead or allow the Holy One to rot in the grave. So in other words, when you're in His presence, my heart is glad and I rejoice. It will make you happy. You There will be happiness. Happiness and joy will come to you. And you see right there he's saying, because you can, you can be happy knowing that one day, just like he did not let Jesus' body rot in a grave, that you are not going to rot either, that you're going to be in heaven one day with, with, with your heavenly Father. And then number nine, um, you will show me the way of life, granting me um, the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. So we, you, you, he will show us the, the way of life. The Rama word, the the Rama word is the living word. I, so when I'm up here and God gives me a word to give to you, that's a Rama word. Okay, right, right. And then you have the logos word. The logo word is written word. So when I'm when I so so whenever you, he will show you the way of life through the Rama word or through the written word, he will show you the ways of life and grant you joy in his presence forever and forever. So now here, lastly, I'm done. What happens when you leave his presence? Well, first off, you are enlightened. You are enlightened to the things of God. Every time you go into the presence of God, you will understand more things about Him. You never never leave the presence of God and don't have a better understanding of who God is and how He works. So why wouldn't we want to go there more, to be there more in His presence? So we can be more enlightened. Moses came down. He was so enlightened. I said this a couple weeks ago that he had a veil over his face because the people couldn't look at him because he was so bright. Number two, you are encouraged. Moses came down when he came down from the mountain from meeting to God. He came down with, with confidence. He knew the direction that he had to do, and he and he was he was encouraged and never defeated. He never came down from. Oh God, I got to tell y'all a lot of stuff. Y'all ain't gonna like this. No, he came down encouraged and said, man, look, man, it's great things are going to happen, right? Okay, the next one. You are emboldened, okay? I never used that word in my life. But that's the word God gave me to use. So I said, okay, God, I don't, they'll know that's not me because I don't use emboldened. Okay, but Moses was emboldened. When he came down, he, he, walked, he walked, when he went to the presence of God, he went to Pharaoh, who had all the people. And Pharaoh could have killed him. But he walked, up, he walked up to Pharaoh, and he didn't say, Hey buddy, do you mind if like all my people could come with me and we could like leave? I mean, is it cool with you? No, what did he say? Let my people go. You have boldness to preach the gospel and you also have boldness against the enemy. Satan, you're a liar. I've been in the presence. I felt his presence. I know who he is. You were you beneath me. You were under my feet. You know, I will not and I will not respond to you. You have no authority over my life, no authority over my children, no authority over my mind, no authority on anything about me. He will give you that boldness and say, let my children go. Maybe your children. And then lastly, you are empowered. Moses was empowered. He was empowered to go and take the Ten Commandments and take them to the people. And what was happening whenever Moses was up there getting the Ten Commandments, trying to get everything right, and he was up there working on the Ten Commandments and coming down? Why well, he broke them all up? When he got down, he threw them up against a rock. Why? Because the whole time he was up there in the presence of God, the people were down there fussing. You know, at Aaron, hey man, when's he coming back? He ain't back yet. You got to do something. You second in charge. Why don't you do something? So he let them all make little, take their gold and make them into all kind of little gods and stuff. you know. So, so you, whenever you're waiting on the Spirit of God to come, we can't go and start worshiping other idols. we got to know that, you know what? I am empowered by God to stay here and worship God and do what I'm supposed to do. And I'm empowered to build I mean, He even built the tabernacle. You know, God gave him the, the Ten Commandments, and he gave him all of the things to build the tabernacle of God. He showed him exactly how to, how to build it, where the holy holies need to be, how big, how wide, what kind of material, how it needs to be embroidered, everything about it. He was empowered to, 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 to do the work of God. And so when you leave the, when you leave the presence of God, you are empowered to go out of these doors or out of your house and, and do the work of God. Amen? Dear Heavenly Father, I've released my heart today. And I just pray today that something that I've said, that God, if someone is, it feels, God, intimidated by your presence, we'll say you should never ever be intimidated by your your glory but lord at least someone in here today would say man i'm just more hungry for god that i just want to be more in god's presence i want to pray more i want to feel more of god's anointing i want to feel more of god's power i want to see more his power at work and maybe i want to be the one that, that, that that submits and say lord here am i send me let me be the one that will help do your work and build your kingdom and do what you're supposed to do God, I just pray that today that in the name of Jesus, that you, that, you, that you just touch your people today and let them take a step towards commitment to you. A step towards commitment to spend more time in your presence so we as a family, as a church, could do more for your kingdom. So we can do more because we can hear from you more because we're all in one mind and one accord. Help us to come to church prepared to receive from you. God, help us to come and share that with others, God. And give us the boldness and the power that we need to go upon our week, God, and share the God's gospel with everyone. In Jesus' name. As your heads are continued bowed and your eyes are closed, who, who would just raise our hand and say, Pastor Doug, I want more of the presence of God. Or I want more of God. I'm not putting a, a label on it, the glory or anointing. I'm, you're just saying, hey, Pastor, I want to raise my hand. I want more of God. I want more of the presence of God. I am willing to to do my work, to put in my my effort, to try to want the more of God. And I'm willing to come to church prepared to receive from God. I'm willing to, to walk through the process to get to the holies of holies. I'm ready to walk through the process to get to the inner court so God's presence can change me and show me and enlighten me on things. And I can be more aware of the Spirit and not of my flesh. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, I see all those hands. Amen, I see all those hands. Father, let it be done Mm. let it be done in Jesus name you saw your children raise their hand saying they desired more of you so I just pray right now that you answer their prayer and give them more of your spirit let the Holy Spirit rise up in them Father Let them walk through the process of of hunger and passion and desire. Let the desire in their life, God, be more than ever before to seek after you like the deer panting for the water. God, let them have that desire, that hunger for you, Father. Lord, that passion for you. Let it increase, God. You need more warriors in the field, Father. You don't need pansies, God. You don't need people out there, God, that is just halfway in, one foot in, one foot out, God. You need warriors that are ready to fight, that will stand and say, hey, no, Satan, no. Help us, Father, today to be in your presence. And God, we just worship you. And we just glorify your holy name. Amen and amen.